Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning. Happy Friday. It is the 18th of September, and we are back this morning with our guest, Aaron Boyd. Ooh, Aaron, this has been so much fun for me. It's been great. With you. What's, uh, have you been on podcasts before? Um, not like this. I've done, I've, my thing would probably just be more interviews, talking around projects. Yeah. And, you know, not this kind of thing, problem. though. No, I, this is, this is, this is a new thing for me. This is, okay, this so is, what do you think? Are you getting like um, uh, tired or bored by this time? We're recording all these things in one sitting. No, so no, is this, no. I, is this boring or is this exciting or is this, you know, what, what is this doing for you? The faith comes by hearing, not having heard. So continually doing stuff like this um, it helps renew your mind, man, in the midst of everything. You know, it's like I've got lots of stuff going on in my head. Lots of uncertainties, lots of so this is very real. I don't know when I'm going to be able to get back to the states. I don't know what the next months look like. like this is all very real for me right yeah. now. So, um, yeah, just any time to just, and it's not even like you go, okay, Lord, what does what does the next three months look like? You know, I wish I wish the Lord would go, Aaron, it's going to be like this, but that's not what it is. What <laughs> You do this, and there just is a peace in your life. That's that's all it is. It's, it's just manna for the day. That's it. Yeah, and it's it it, it calms my restless spirit. Um, and and I love adventure, and I love getting out, and I'll always go and do things. But we want to do the right things. Do you know what I mean? We want to do like I want to do like the kingdom stuff that he's appointed me to do. Um, so this just this calms me down. Um, do you know what I mean? I remember yeah. meeting someone one time and they'd moved and they went and they'd opened um, a cafe in Cambodia and they taught girls how to bake birthday cakes and the, all these girls were rescued from the child sex exploitation world and his thing, I remember talking to him and I just said like, man, what, what way do you like actually run your life? And he just says, we just go and do it and the Lord tells me not to do whatever I don't need to do and I think that, that always stuck with me because I think when you look at like, um, even when we we're, were talking yesterday about Paul and, and you've got like Paul and Barnabas and they didn't have a blueprint for what they did, right? They just were like, here, well, we know what we're meant to do. So I want to go here. Yeah. You go there. Sure, we'll meet there. And then there's these moments where then the Lord's like, here, I really need you to go there. And then there's other moments where it's like, no, you're not going there. So there's three different things. It's they decide to go and do then there is specific moments where they're appointed to go and do. And then there are those other moments where the Lord shuts the whole thing down. Now, I reckon 99% of them were they just went and did because they knew what the call was. They knew what the commission on their life was, yeah. which was just go and go into different communities and preach and build people up and bring on mentors and all of that stuff. Then there were those moments where it was like, the Lord was, I really need you to go here and preach to these people. So then they heard that and they did it. And then there was the other moments when the Holy Spirit shut them down, you know. And so I want to be someone that understands what's my commission to go love God, 
love people, make disciples, just be deadly in the kingdom for him on earth. Go and do that. And then there's specific moments when the Lord goes, Bodo, I really need this to happen. And we'll know that. And then there's those times where if I'm blasting on to do something and he goes, no, and it's shut down, then I can celebrate in the middle of that rather than feel defeated. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's... Yeah, because we wrestle so much. I mean, that's been... Oh, man, that chainsaw is so loud. It's like a chainsaw. I'm sick of this chainsaw. Uh, We spend so much time like trying to figure out god what is it that you're trying to tell me to do you know and we spend so much time in this mental space that just sends us into procrastinating spirals of of you know self-focus and analyzing and you know debating and all this stuff and it is good to have a deep sense of discernment right to have but i see that as a sense of unity a sense of communion with God and everything to know yeah. that no matter what I do, it's okay. You know, <laughs> that whatever I do, God is, God is here. God loves me. There is grace for me to even make mistakes when I try to step out and do my best to love him and love other people. And to know yeah. that if I choose the wrong thing, he'll slam the door. You know, it's, it's okay. Nothing is beyond God's redemption and nothing is, you know, even if I die, trying to serve God, like we talked about yesterday, uh, there's, there's even hope in that, you know, that even if I die trying to accomplish what God has given me to do, that, that uh, God, God doesn't uh, leave me by myself there either. You know, God comes and rescues me there too. Yeah. No, That's huge, I, man. I love it. I, I love that this is hitting real for you and that, uh, that this is, it sounds like what you're saying is this is an encouragement to you uh, to be diving into scripture together because it reminds you among all the things that we could be thinking about, about what the next three months look like, or what, what can I expect? Or how do I hear from God about what's in the future to remember that there is peace and there is presence, seek his presence continually, right? Like the Psalm says in the moment for today, there's manna for today that we can't, that we can't store up for tomorrow, that, um, we can't follow Jesus tomorrow. We can only follow Jesus today. Right. So um, we, we dive in that together um, and I'm in the same, same boat, Aaron. So thank you for joining me in this space and, and just being an encouragement to me. I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, thanks for asking me. Thanks. And do you know what I am? I'm, I'm praying for the States. I'm, I'm looking on and I understand that, man, it is just absolutely mental what's going on in your country at the minute. I am, and it breaks my heart. It really, I've had numerous conversations and, Dare, dare I say, arguments about certain things with people, um, because just there's a narrative that's being pushed on all aspects, and um, it's just so unhealthy, and uh, it's created so much fear, and places are being burnt to the ground, and it's just, and it reminds me of Northern Ireland a whole bunch of years ago, um, and uh, but we have seen massive change in our country and we 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 genuinely did need like it was there really was big issues going on here in northern ireland and we've seen change and our media and all of this stuff at least let us have a go at change and uh, and our entire you know northern ireland is a completely different place now um, and so we've lived in it and lived through it and my prayer is that whatever the enemy is trying to do in the midst of all of this in young people's lives where they're wrecking places and burning places and 
Redden and Luton and all that kind of stuff, that out of the midst of all of that, God's hand always brings about beauty from the, the physical ashes and the spiritual ashes that are there. Um, so it's, and it does, it, it really breaks my heart. It really does just seeing what's going on, you know. Um, so I am praying for you, all you crazy Americans. I love you. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. I appreciate that. We all appreciate that. Um, hey, we're going to read uh, from Matthew 20 today, Matthew 21 through 16. Um, Boydo, would you mind reading this for us? Yeah. Uh, for the kingdom of heaven, have I got the right one here? Yes. Okay. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into the vineyard and going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And whatever it is right, I will give you. So they went going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? And he said to them, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. Um, when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And those um, hired about the 11th hour, each, each of them received uh, a denarius. Where am I going to? 16 here. Um, now, when those uh, hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us. You have borne the burden of the day and that scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, am I do, I, uh, he said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? That's, um, take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this, uh, I choose to give to this last worker as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Thanks, Aaron. Okay, so my translation is a little bit different. Um, meaning just to explain to some people who uh, might be confused by like the third hour and the fifth hour and the 11th hour. Uh, mine says, you know, at nine o'clock, he goes out to somebody, he goes out to someone, you know, goes to find people at noon, um, and then goes to find people at five o'clock. And uh, a denarius is a daily wage. So that's what that is. It's, um, let's say it's 100 bucks, you know, it's, it's what you would make in the day working all day. Yeah. Is so just starts at 6am. Is not what it is? Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know, but I guess that would be it because um, 6am if the third hour is nine o'clock, then yeah, it would be 6am. Look at that knowledge bomb right there. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you, what are you seeing in this passage, Aaron? Some, I, I see sometimes selfishly, I would like to be the people that were picked last and, and didn't have to do as much. Um, <laughs> that would be the, the sloth inside me at times. Um, I just think it's just God, just God's no respecter of persons, you know, it's whatever that verse is um, that he, He's just for everyone, you know what I mean? And um, there, I suppose you can, you can delve in on the issue where it was like, well, this person did this and they got that. But then they ultimately, then they assumed that X, Y, and Z would happen for these other people that were picked later on in the day. But I think just the, the, the overall thing is that 
God is fair and that he is just abundantly generous, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably just the first thing. It just, the, the, yeah. the, you know what I mean? Uh, the genera- so for me, this passage um, ties right into the Jonah passage we were talking about, right? Of sure. being like, hey, how come, how come they got a daily wage? You know, like they only, you know, they, they repented the last minute after being terribly evil. And now you have mercy on them. And me, who's a prophet, the person who was a prophet all his life, like they're going to get the same thing I get. Like that's not fair, you know. Um, also, just the complaining of the Israelites, you know, it doesn't have the envy piece in there, but just that complaining spirit of not being happy with what you've been given, you know. Yeah. Um, they didn't, guys. Like it didn't. It didn't say that they took and then maybe like at least suggested he'd be like here listen we're really thankful for the denarius but would there be any chance of you know getting another denarius because we were here all day yeah it's, it's they grumbled so yeah. it's that sense of like entitlement i am entitled to more it's just probably that's what it is and um i think man at times we we do live in an entitled generation where people expect all of this stuff um in in lots of ways and yeah. um, that can be a scary and a dangerous place yeah. to be. It no just way. corrodes our souls yeah. to have that I kind of attitude. Yeah. I still don't have what I deserve. And that just wrecks us, I think. That, that sends straight, us straight to the pit of hell, you know, of yeah. having this attitude that I don't have enough, I don't have enough, I don't have enough. And then nothing is enough, right? Yeah. I got some wind here. No. Um, okay. Yeah. And so that's my first thing is just the grumbling and complaining of these people and I, I feel like Jesus is ex- especially saying this to teach about the Pharisees who think that they have a leg up on the sinners you know who think who say oh Abraham is our father right and Jesus is like what are you talking about I can raise up stones right to be my children I, I don't who cares if Abraham is your father that what counts is righteousness and repentance and receiving God's grace right like being people who who acknowledge that God has saved me regardless of my sin and, or has saved me from my sin, you know, from this uh, attitude of uh, entitlement and selfishness and wanting to take rather than receiving. Um, But then um, for me, as I was reading this passage, the thing that came out, stuck out to me was like, why is the master of the vineyard going out three times during the day to find laborers you know like what is he doing what why didn't he just go out once at the beginning of the day and just find the people he needed for the whole day and just you know be okay with that or what was he not able to find enough people or was it kind of like the uh you know the master of the banquet who goes out and tries to invite people and they say no we don't want to work you know the equivalent would be we don't want to work for you but you know we don't want to come to that feast and he has to keep going out and going out and going out to try to find more and more people from the streets to fill his banquet right yeah like the heart of the master what's the heart of the master here and it's to fill it's not necessarily to get enough people that he needs it seems like he just wants to employ people you know yeah. he just wants whoever's out there he just wants to put them to work if he doesn't like seeing people sitting around idly waiting to do something he wants to put people to work regardless of whether there's actually something for them to do because there's always something for them to do right 
Like yeah. he puts everyone to work. That was the kind of what was sticking out to me. Like, wow, well, God has a place yeah. for everybody. I mean, this, this master has a place for everyone to do a job and to contribute. He wants everyone to be contributors. And it reminded me of uh, Jesus' words in Luke 10, where he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out more workers into the field. You know, that's the spirit is here of the master going out to try to find workers to go into the field. And there's not enough people to say yes. And, um, and then the other heart of, of the master here, um, not only to put people to work and to employ them and to give them a call and a job and a position, a resp- responsibility and a role is also just his generosity. What kind of person is willing to pay the person who only worked an hour the same thing that they pay the person who worked, you know, all day. Yeah. Well, like you Reality said, it's a generous, generous master who's got more than enough resources and just wants to bless people, you know, yeah. that it, regardless of their work, it's not that he's paying them for their work. He's paying them uh, for their dignity. You know, he's paying them for their value, for their, for their worth, not for their work. Yeah. And um, it's almost an infinite thing where, you go, well, no matter how little I work, God is still going to, to pay me the same, so to speak. And that just undoes so much of our, especially in America, you know, our, you know, um, our work ethic of, of earning what we have. And I, I lifted myself up by my own bootstraps and I earned everything I got. And instead learning to see the world, to see ourselves through worth and through value and the image of God, that God would, bestow his image upon us even if we haven't deserved it you know even if we haven't earned it fully he's just generous he wants to give it to us so yeah. th- those are kind of the two things that are grabbing me out of right. that's great yeah and it's almost like is it fair to say that the, the gift is the same in that so it's obviously it's a denarius whole way through and I wonder if there's an intentionality in it where god's gift of grace is grace there's nothing more yeah. there's nothing less you can't add to it you can't take away it just is what it is and uh, and we accept that through faith you know what i mean so i think that's uh, that's just a cool picture where it's it's the same for everyone it's all there you know yeah. like he hasn't done anything different for anyone else 300 years ago or 500 years ago you know it's like some try to explain the people like sometimes like when Christ died on the cross, you know, and there's that whole picture, the great picture, um, like once and for all, he sat down at the right hand of the Father and that was it. You know, and that for a Jewish mindset would have been crazy because there would have been continual sacrifices trying to atone for sins of a nation and individual sins and all of that. But once and for all, Jesus sat down, the great high priest, it's finished. One payment. One payment, once and for all. And so whenever we accept who Jesus is now is what we're doing is we're taking that one payment and it is being appropriated today in our life. It's almost like if someone had a headache, like paracetamol is not invented at the moment where you need a headache tablet, right? It's already been done. You're taking something else and then it's being appropriated in that moment. And it's almost like the same with, with, with what God did is that in your darkest moment, it's not like Christ dies all over for you again. It's like he, he's already done it. There's, mm-hmm. always, there's already the grace there. There's already the forgiveness there. But the bigger question is why, why is maybe my behavior bad at this moment? What is going on that leads me down a certain path rather than um, 
like I'm, I'm being what am I trying to say here it's not that um you know that there's your everything has been dealt with your sins have been dealt with it's all nailed on the cross and that all we're wanting to do then is appropriate what what that does to us right now and that leads us forward in grace and so then that gift is the same it's the same for me dare I say it was the same gift of grace that was for Stalin it's the same gift of grace that was for Hitler it's the same gift of grace that but they did not do what G, with Jesus what they were meant to so yeah. therefore it was never appropriated in their lives so do you know what I'm saying yes absolutely no matter it's like uh or this is a terrible example ordering a bottomless basket of fries you know the the what you order is the same everyone can eat a different amount but there'll always be enough for you and you only had to pay once for that you know what i mean yeah. like it's a, it's a terrible example, but it's like one gift can fill whatever cavity it fills, you know, it, it can fill anything. And so if it's Hitler, that gift is sufficient for, for Hitler, you know, but it's, if it's for mother Teresa, so to speak, like that gift is the same for her. It's all a gift of grace because it all washes away our, our sense of earning something from God. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it obliterates all of that. And it puts us all on the same level before God as people who are not paid for our work, but who have been invited to work, you know, who have been invited to serve and, and to be participants in God's kingdom, to be called laborers. And that's what God pays us for is, is he pays for our redemption and, and the restoration of our image, not necessarily he pays us for every single thing we do, you know, and what, freedom that gives us and like what freedom that gives those laborers um to be able to go oh well i'm in you know i'm i'm already in i i don't have to worry about whether i'm gonna do the right you know the right thing or whether i'm going to say the wrong thing or whether you know whether i'm gonna mess it up whatever it's there for me no matter what um and that gives us great freedom too and to tie it together with um the philippian stuff we talked about yesterday that gift of grace, that denarius, like you said, is Jesus's, you know, redemption on the cross, his, his final sacrifice that paid for us. And it welcomes us into our resurrection. And that's, that's like our, our payment is that we get to have resurrection with Jesus, you know, and that nothing can separate us from the love of God. So we've been freed from that, freed from that, the rat race that we're always falling back into. Um, God has freed us from that through our resurrection um, yeah. that we don't fear death anymore. And uh, it, it just changes the way it changes the game for us as Christians. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Like I think that is fundamentally one of the most important things where um, maybe as a church, we've actually not really, and I get it, right? I get different doctrines and different ideologies and like i'm not a theologian at all i, I love it like but um jill is like she's literally just finished her masters in theology there she loved it she came back to me she was like here i, I think i want to go back to school and i was like are you stupid it's like i waited 18 years to get out of that place you know what i mean so, <laughs> um, so and it's just a different world and she's like i really love writing essays and i'm like oh my goodness who are you <laughs> no but she's always she's always loved it um but you know one of the one of the first things that i really 
because I was that, you know, that passage and, and even mine and Jill's relationship is that he has been forgiven much, loves much, and he's been forgiven that loves little. Like I was the person that in terms of behavior outside of Christ was absolutely atrocious. But then Jill was her biggest, you know, quote unquote sin was maybe not going to church for the fourth time on a Sunday, right? So you have these two opposite ends of the spectrum, but the gift is still the same and the forgiveness is still the same. And, um, but for me, I had done X, Y, and Z. So, and still we continue to do and, and fall short. And so understanding that I am righteous and what does it mean to be in right standing with Christ because of what he did, what does that actually mean? And it has to make sense and it has to be real. And it was one of the first things as a young believer, I really kind of had to dig in on because I was brought up in a tradition where you had to physically say sorry for all your sins every single night you had to do. And I was like, Frig, I hope I got everything right there. Like what, I mean, if I got, didn't get that right then, jeepers, I don't know. And so all of a sudden it's like, you're lost in this weird world of, bad theology where it's not once and for all it's actually well it's jesus plus me doing this equals forgiveness but if we don't understand our position in christ as righteous because of what jesus did on the cross and how he sat down that and paul argues that that doesn't mean then well then we go on doing x y and z because why grace is the thing which moves us forward into freedom and behaving better by fighting to keep ourselves in the love of Christ. When we keep ourselves in the love of Christ, we're changed from the inside out and there's effortless change in the middle of that. So when I'm not doing this, the question is, is well, what is going on that I am behaving in a certain way? Now, ultimately when you behave in a certain way, and for me, there's times where I'm about to walk on stage and then all of a sudden it's like the enemy's like drilling in or I'm thinking, jeepers I did this or I said that or I shouldn't have done that well I can lose myself in the middle of all of that and go oh man I'm so bad this is this, this but the reality of it is that I negate the work of the cross in my life at that moment and so even in my darkest moments and even in your darkest moments or whoever you are that's listening we need to be people that stand on the truth that you are righteous because of what Jesus did and when the enemy comes to point and to kill and to push things at you, that you say, thank you that I am righteous because of what Jesus did. And the enemy has no place in the middle of that. He's no power over that in the slightest. And I think that's a super key fundamental truth, that if we can actively have that move from your head to your heart, I think you'll see more breakthrough and more freedom in loads of areas in your life than anything else. Um, I, for me, that's the only way that it ever worked for me. Yeah. yeah yeah understanding god's grace and it it uh confounds us it's confusing to the ways of the world right and it but that's what um fights the lies of the enemy that say that um you know it's because of what we've done we don't deserve you know x y and z like you said you know because of what we've done that's the the kind of the, the voice of the you know yeah it's a voice of the accuser who says like you did this and so you don't, you know, that's the verse of the world. It's the voice of the enemy. And you know, what God gives us is um, is healing from that, you know, is is freedom from that. And um, that, that changes us, like you said, from the inside out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember listening to a preacher and he, he said, it's like 
it's almost like if someone dropped dead at the front of of a, a church so you're all sitting in church and someone drops dead right and say you're in a man charismatic church like mine used to be and they're like right let's raise them from the dead then all of a sudden i'd be like jeepers well uh yeah i'm not gonna go and do that because actually well Brendan, he's he actually is like a real life pastor, pastor. So he's definitely going to be holier than me. And then inside your head, you're thinking, <laughs> "Holy smokes!" Well, um, well, Boro's yeah. Boro's done this, but actually, I know I know what Boro's like. He got angry, so we'll not do that. Well, well, sure, Pastor Matt, Matt, he's way holier. Do you know what I mean? Then Matt's like, so all of a sudden we become sin focused, and nothing ever happens. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When the reality yeah. of it is, when God looks at us, He sees Jesus. Our bad behavior leads us down certain paths. You know, if I murder someone, I'm still going to be loved by God, but I will be in jail. Do you know what I'm saying? Right? It's like, <laughs> it's dumb, right? so my bad behavior leads me down a certain path, but the point is, is that there's grace, like, and that Jesus it empowers us to live better. Um, so yeah, I, I, th- I that's that's super. Man, I, that's that's so, so common, though, Aaron. I th- so thank you for bringing that. Up. I mean, this is what we do all the stinking time. Is um, well. I shouldn't pray because, you know, like, like you said, Brendan's a pastor or Aaron's a worship leader or, you know, because, you know, so-and-so is the missional community leader or because whatever it is, we are, especially in West Michigan, you know what, you know, Michigan pretty well. Like the way we are so self-effacing and self-denying and we, we always want to let other people go first or let other people, you know, say something first or speak up or we're always deferring to other people. And man, does that have to do with our, our own feelings of guilt and shame to say, I mean, sometimes, it, sometimes it's truly honest kindness and wanting to put others first. I don't want to, to you know, put that down, but man, so often um, there's this voice inside of us that says, I, I shouldn't be doing that because of what I've done or I'm not holy enough. Or I'm not righteous enough. I'm I don't have what it takes. I'm, I, I don't have what you know, other people have. And man, that's a sneaky form of envy that, that creeps in again, where you go, other people have something that I don't have and I ought to just step aside, you know, and let them do it. And like you said, everyone has reason to uh, say that. Like I could say that, right? As a pastor, I go, well, I'm not the lead pastor. And Matt, as a pastor, goes, well, I never went to seminary or I didn't do well in seminary. And another pastor who did do well in seminary would go, well, I never wrote a book, you know, and you <laughs> defer and defer and defer. And pretty soon there's no laborers in the field, right? That Maybe that's why people didn't actually come when, maybe that's why the master had to keep going out to these people is because no one would step up and just say yes, you know? Yeah. And then being willing to get over ourselves. We can... You we can maybe maybe we take this up at some other time because when you put this then in in the life of a church, if we're going to be inward looking in certain things, all of a sudden then what we have is we have a bunch of people that it's all about behavior, yeah, and it's all about behavior modification, and in an atmosphere of grace, everything comes to the surface because it leads you to freedom. But if we're not preaching grace and if we're not walking in that, then what happens is is all of people's bad behaviors, which is being driven by something that we're never getting to the root of, it's hidden. Why? Because they're so fearful. Because if they say X, Y, and Z, or I struggle with this, or I do this, or I do... so that, you know, I get, I get where the ideologies come from, where we confess, right? But confessing for me would be more like 
and accountability. It's like, Brendan, man, I'm really struggling with this. I need help. But what I don't need in that one moment is, oh, boy, okay, great. Well, it's like, okay, well, then let, let us actively work towards, can we help you be free of that or what's going on? Um, and so it can get down a really interesting conversation because I've been through it in a couple of churches um, where I've seen this firsthand where in a really grace-filled church, all of a sudden where there is no, and it was the most beautiful thing on the planet, but as a pastor that's responsible for X, Y, and Z, it gets really, really scary. Why? Because everyone's bad behavior comes to the surface to be dealt with because people are understanding that they're loved, that they're accepted. No one is saying continue to do this, but in the middle of all of that, this stuff comes to the surface. All of the secret hidden things come up and all of a sudden, you know that your drummer is a stoner. You know that this person's this and it was all hidden. Do you know what I mean? And then and you feel like you have to do something about it. And all of a sudden then in the middle of that one by one things, bad behaviors, just begin to stop because it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's and it's, so it's fascinating to watch, but mm-hmm. for a period of time, it looks really, really messy. And I think churches are petrified of that. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I, so again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being a Debbie Downer on the church. I just think if we can understand the game, anyway, our position, we yeah. will be free from things a lot quicker. Yeah, to to bring it back to this this passage too, that's like seeing all these people come on to the to the labor field and go, how are we going to pay all these people? Or like the disciples, how are we going to feed all these people, right? Um, or like Moses, how are we going to feed all these people? And feeling overwhelmed, like man, now that people are coming forward and into the light, and their sin is exposed, and that you know, like how are we going to cover all this? And the master's gift is enough. It's yeah. more than enough to do it for us. Yeah. And Jesus' gift, Jesus' bread, you know, when he breaks the bread and he multiplies it, there's more than enough to go around. When we get that, when, when manna comes from heaven, just one day at a time, there's more than enough. It's just um, trusting God that when we bring our sin forward, when we're honest with ourselves about how we're doing and, you know, when we're accountable to each other, we're actually living into God's grace and trusting him to be able to provide what we need to cover it. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you Aaron for that. I, I want to uh, kick out of this uh, podcast. This is the last podcast of the week. So um, Aaron, thank you. Awesome. This has been so much fun. Um, everyone. Thanks for listening. I want to encourage everyone to go to iTunes or Google uh, Aaron Boyd grace album and uh find his album and check it out um and with that go in peace everybody aaron go in peace and uh thanks for being on the podcast this week anytime loved it bye thanks for listening to the bible reading plan podcast if you have any reflections on the scripture we just read please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Mm